Your customers are not the same. So treating them the same way in your marketing is a huge mistake. Raise your pinkies because in today's episode, we're going to show you how to market to your customers correctly. Presented by Advertise Mint. The Duke of Digital will guide you through the rapidly changing landscape of digital marketing, social media, and how to grow your business online. To submit a question for the show, text 323-821-2044 or visit dukeofdigital.com. If you need an expert to fix your ads, the friendly team at Advertise Mint is ready to help. Visit AdvertiseMint, that's M-I-N-T, dot com or call 844-236-4686 to grow your business. Here's your host, Brian Miet. All right, I have got in the studio today, Corey Ferrier. Hello, hello. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited today because, man, this is a long time in in the in the works i guess yeah. that i would say to be able to get you on the show <laughs> just your schedule my schedule <laughs> yeah it's, it's how it how it works when when we're all divas um to give a little background we met back in college um and since then you've gone on and done incredible incredible things uh you've worked in sports you've worked you're now an uh executive at, in a, at a hospital in the healthcare industry uh just ball in every step of the way which is crazy because <laughs> that's how you were back in college as well so it's it's great to have you on the show um give me uh, just if you want to fill in the listeners a little bit yeah. more background on kind of what you're doing man since since college and uh i was so happy to see you this morning it's been way too long and and something and some of our listeners won't know um that we need to share is we were both president of our dorm at uh, right. at Walla Walla College or University. So um Omicron Pi Sigma. <laughs> which I, I don't even remember what that means. I Some, don't something be friendship. Did you get rid of your tattoo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Lower, um, lower back. Uh, worst mistake ever. No, yeah, I'm just right. kidding. Uh, but since then, uh, really, I, I, I have been in healthcare for most of those years. Um, I worked with Adventist Health, uh, worked at a couple of our different hospitals, started out actually on the, uh, it used to be called Human Resources. I think it's now called Human Performance. Um, they changed the names for everything, I guess. That sounds cooler. But uh, started out in that, and then someone, a wise mentor told me, he's like, do you want to be in the C-suite someday? He's like, you're going to have to um, learn a different segment of the business. And hospitals typically serve three groups, your patients, your employees, and your physicians. And having served our employees for a, a number of years and learned some of the basics, I switched over to the physician side and business development and basically never looked back. It, it's definitely been my calling. Um, so in between the last, uh, 12 years in, in that realm, I uh, dabbled a little bit in sports, um, did a little traveling, um, but have been back in the hospital business development side for the last eight years, at least. Now, if people wanted to find or connect with you mm -hmm. on social media or on the internet, is there an optimal route that they should go? There's only two social media, uh, that I have. One is my LinkedIn profile. Um, which I like to put little inspirational quips and stories oh, nice. and things that I've learned uh, pretty consistently on there. Um, uh, so that's a uh, Corey Ferrier on LinkedIn, and then uh, my alter ego on Instagram, which probably has a few more followers, <laughs> Corey Ferrari. <laughs> uh, nice. Okay, so that's what I think. If anyone were to go there, 
they would look at your life and it is sports games, Super Bowls, you're hanging out with the athletes, you're on courtside. It sounds NBA. like fake news, man. Yeah, like I, I was like, man, this I was telling you before we started yeah. the show, I was like, you are like my own version of, of Jerry Maguire. Like, <laughs> like, I was like, man, you have done so well. And so that's what I wasn't, you know, we were talking before. I was like, man, do you work? In sports, or do you work like yeah. at the hospital? And so you've had you depends which social media you follow. Exactly. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, it is. It's awesome to to kind of have you here, man. So many stories. I think we could go back into the the old days. Um, I mean, being the president of the it's crazy because I lost. And most people don't know this. I lost every election growing up in high school to a girl because the class that I was in had like sixty to seventy, sixty about sixty six percent were girls yeah. and then it was guys was less. So great for being a dude yep. as you're growing up to be like, Hey, I, I, there's a lot of girls, but whenever they would have a class election, boom, I would lose every time. And it was just like all girl officers again and again and again. And I was just like, I guess I suck at leadership and this is, I'm never going to be elected anything until I got to the college and like, Hey, there's a, there's like a men's club, it's everyone on anyone that was on a dorm anywhere on campus was in this and there was funds and you got this sweet, um, Little oh, exec- the suite the executive with our own room. bathroom. Yeah, no, in the dorm, there was the best room was reserved for the president. Oh, it was amazing. God. So that was the first election I ever won because I was like, oh, there's no girls that can vote. And I ended up going for that and, and ended up winning. You know, it's hilarious on that. So it was really hard following you because I, th- I truthfully, honestly, <laughs> you set the bar so high on different things. And uh, I'll be honest, in college, I was probably a little bit of a slacker and uh, I probably didn't put the full emphasis that I should have at that point. But it's funny. I actually lost the election. I don't know if you know that. Um, I actually wasn't voted the president. The president who beat me decided not to come back to college. So they were like, hey, runner up. Why didn't you take this? <laughs> you <get it>. nah, <laughs> That'll <great>. teach them <laughs> to take a runner up. <laughs> History books. Uh, we'll write that part out. Yeah, yeah, it right. doesn't matter. <laughs> nah, it was it was so much fun. Bench press competitions. We you know, it was just planning cool dude. Super Bowl parties. We Super had the Bowl Nintendo six, James Bond 64. Oh, yeah. We, we would put it on a big movie screen. Oh. And everyone would uh, would go nuts about who was the best at that. At that. What was your favorite memory? Uh, the one event, something you did. I mean, the, the James Bond event was cool because I was like, if we're going to do it, let's do it as big as possible. And just to see how many dudes were like, it was like nervous for yeah. them. It was like being in the Super Bowl because they had told all their friends, I'm the best. <laughs> and we just started eliminating one. By, and there were, I remember seeing dudes like with their heads down being like, I'm so sad. And they'd go walk back to the room when they lost. And I was like, man, it really was crazy to see who was the champion yeah. in, in the dorm. But I, cool. I had so many fun, fun memories from that. Um, cool. Well, let's, let's do this. I mean, you've, there was one thing that, that I saw and that this was kind of an internet rumor, which is partially why I was like, man, I wanted to catch up with you, but I want to get mm-hmm. you on the show that at the hospital where you're working at in healthcare in general, mm-hmm. there is a general, it's, it's well known that there's like a one to 2% growth rate yeah. at hospitals yeah. at your hospital and your division, you are at an 18% yeah. growth rate. Is that true? That is a fact. Wow. That's uh, awesome. That is a fact. Um, I started, uh, I've been with Adventist health the majority of my career, but I dabbled, I uh, came down to another small community hospital named Cedar Sinai and um, was recruited back to Adventist Health. A small hospital. You may have heard of it. And and part of it was I wanted to experience outside our own system to see how another hospital does things, et cetera. Uh, And it was a great learning experience. Um, But I knew I always wanted to be back in Adventist Health. 
and I have a, uh, my president and CEO uh, gives me the autonomy to do my job and trust me fully. Um, and it, you know what it's like when you work in an organization where it's like, just go do what your expertise is and ask for forgiveness later if you yeah. make a mistake. Yeah. And uh, because of that support has allowed me to try a few things that maybe traditionally in healthcare, we've been a little afraid to uh, step outside the box and and, and take a risk. And because of that, our organization has seen um, not just a huge financial impact, it's been on the inpatient side in 18%, which again, as you stated out, average growth rate for hospitals is between one and 2%, if at all. That's, that's remarkable. Yeah. And so I think, you know, we were talking a little bit before this, before the show started. So I want to get into this, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the, the core topic that I wanted to, to run through is the process of every customer is not the same. Right. Um, and this is a, an element that I see a, a lot of companies make the mistake, which is I, I have a company or business and I'm going to put one message out there and that's for everyone. Yep. Like my, I have one commercial, our job is done, let's yep. pat ourselves on the back. Um, we're finished, we're done, or one social media post or that's it. We're just, we're saying one thing to, to everyone. And it's just crazy because everyone your customers are not all the same. Yeah, and that's an interesting point. And I think that goes back to um, a company's focus. Is it your focus on your product or is it on your customer? And it theoretically should be on your customer. If you can define and understand who your customer is and what drives them to use your product or service, uh, you're going to increase exponentially. And one of the examples I like to use is uh, Hire is a uh, electronics, uh, home uh, electronics, uh, like washers and dryers. Um, they built a washer that sold pretty well, but they noticed in China they were getting a high return on warranties for these uh, washers. They could have taken the traditional approach, what a lot of organizations, including uh, healthcare does, which is we blame the customer. They're using it wrong. And they found out that in China, they were using it to wash their vegetables. And so the durability of the washer uh, couldn't sustain the the, the pounding of the of vegetables. The heavy vegetables, sure. Yeah. And so instead of blaming the customer, what they did is they went back, made their washers a little bit more durable. And I think it was, they sold five times as many the next year. Um, and to me, it's just like, here's a company that took not a product focus, but a customer focus, understood what their customers wanted and delivered to that. Ah, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I know. It, it's, it's really, I mean, you need to be able to listen to your customers. I mean, I think, you know, you were mentioning um, the kind of the day-to-day in your job. And as you're, as you're doing that, you know, you have a couple of, I would think customers in your job role, right? You have people that are coming to the hospital and then you also oversee and work with the physicians, right? So you help make sure, you know, they have what they need. You, you help make sure, I mean, how does that come into play? I mean, and maybe we could tackle one at a time, which one's the bigger, so, like I said in the beginning, there's three groups that you serve, your patients, your employees, and your physicians. For us, uh, the patient is always the focus, and we want to deliver a, uh, and offer quality outcomes. We want them to choose us because they know they're going to get the right treatment from the beginning. Um, but there's a lot of other different philosophies. Uh, employee engagement is a huge aspect. We're a 24-7 organization, so if you treat your employees right, um, uh, they're going to treat uh, – it's, it's scientifically proven that there's actually higher outcomes within healthcare organizations that have higher employee engagement. So that's a huge component of it. And then the part truly where I'm selfish and I focus because I believe the physicians are the ones that help drive the volume, the growth, and most people still listen to their physician if they recommend to you, I want you to go to this hospital because they have the best service 
service, most people still aren't going to change from what their physician is, although it's starting to change a little bit um, with all the information that's available online. Uh, but most people still trust their physician. So for me, I focus 100% on the physician. And the examples I like to use is I don't go into the physician office and say like, hey, I'm so excited I have extra OR space. Why don't you come over and do your surgeries over here? Okay, great. Thanks. Uh, I haven't understood a single thing of why that physician chooses where they currently go. So instead, my approach is I go in to try to better understand my customer and say, what could I do to earn your trust so that your patients can experience the care that I offer my hospital? And then I shut up. Just listen. And you will find so many different things. It's, uh, you know, it's convenient because this is close to my office, um, which that may be harder for me to do if I'm further out. Um, I have this particular serv- uh, type of equipment um, that I must have. Um, and a recent example of that is I had an orthopedic surgeon that was at my competitor hospital and uh, was trying to grow business in our area. And he needed uh, what's called a Mako robot, which is a robot-assisted um, um, surgical procedure that does a total hip and total knee. And I didn't have that robot. So I worked with him. I said, if you had that robot, what are the chances you would work with me? He's like, pretty high. Uh, so we put together a business performer. We worked through it. And sure enough, now he's my number one orthopedic surgeon in my hospital in a period of six months. That's great. That's great. Now, you also worked and repped um, some sports figures. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. Um, how does that relate, you know, how, you know, from working with in the sports industry to working with physicians, is it the same thing? Like just listening to them with what they want and helping connect things completely. I, I mean, that's all you have to do is you have to have just a few basic questions and understand what is it that they're looking for. Um, and, and, and to me, it's just, it sounds so simple. I don't understand why more people don't do it. A lot of people, and I've seen a lot of these sales pitch, especially in healthcare. I walk into the physician office. They said, I want you to use my MRI because I'm the highest quality of the best radiologist. It's the latest technology. and It's the best price. Oh, okay. Um, what if none of those things are important to it? What yeah. if it's it's access to the image so the physician can actually see the image and review it himself versus trusting someone else? You just missed the whole part and pitched your whole thing. You're probably not going to get invited back. And to me, I'd rather understand that up front because it is 10 times harder to convince a physician if something goes wrong to come back and try your service mm-hmm. if you messed up the first time. Oh, I mean, that's such a good point um, in that when someone, once that bridge has been burned, People are like, that's it. Like you had your shot, yeah. I'm out. And all it would have taken was someone listening. I mean, does that play into like customer service being a part part of that? Or is that just you being like, I just, as part of my job, which has nothing to do with customer service, it's just important for me to go and listen as people are talking and saying, what do you want? And then figuring out how to be able to make that happen. I actually think it is part of my job. I feel like the higher up you get, the more I'm here to serve everybody. And so for me, it's just like, uh, just because I'm an executive at a hospital, uh, it doesn't mean I'm telling people what to do. We have so many smart people that work in our organization that have good ideas that if someone's constantly telling them what to do, they're going to stop contributing those ideas to me and I'm not going to learn very much. Uh, To me, it's just like, uh, I would rather see... Um, uh, for, I'll give you an example. The other, I, I was in the, our ER. Um, it was very busy. Um, we were on diversion, which means we weren't accepting ambulances at the time because we were too busy and saturated. Um, and we were understaffed and there was, it was, it was a really tough time and everybody was a little cranky obviously yeah, sure. and trying to make sure that no patients get hurt. Um, I actually physically came in. I think it was like midnight. I physically came in and said, what can I do to help? 
and they're like, we're out of food for our patients up here. Well, my dietary department's closed at that point. So, but I have a master key for the hospital. Don't tell anyone. Nice. So I went down to dietary, got sandwiches, super simple. Then I started answering phones, super simple. Um, that's seeing an executive work side by side, seeing an executive that cares. Um, that's what sets our hospital apart. And they know that they can come to us for anything uh, versus complaining about, we don't see administration. Now, guess what? They see the kid working next to them at midnight answering phone calls for a transfer for a helicopter. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's really exciting. I always refer to that as being in the trenches. Yeah. Um, and I've it's been like a little nugget of, of something that's helped me throughout my entire career is no matter what role I'm in, I'm never too big Completely. to be like, dude, the, the trash cans aren't taken out here and it smells bad in the office. That's it. I'll, I'll grab yep. it or help the janitors get yep. it done quicker. And it's it's for me, I'm like, dude, it's the team. Everything moves forward. But man, when people will see that, yep. uh, it's just ridiculous. Bosses and people I've worked for are like, that's the guy who's going to be moving his way up. Or it just, it builds morale. People yep. are like, this guy's on my side. He's here to help me. I learned that early on, and I want to say it was almost an accident. Um, I was on the uh, human resources, human performance side, and I got a promotion within our system to be the head recruiter for a certain hospital. So I was recruiting um, all of our pharmacists, nurses, rad techs, clinical lab scientists, et cetera. Um, And you know, my background, I'm non-clinical. It was the first time in our company that we hired someone to oversee nurse recruitment and pharmacy and all of that who was non-clinical. So imagine when this 24-year-old kid walks into the hospital, <laughs> how all these directors who are used to having that service has someone who knows nothing about the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I said, man, I have to change their minds. And so when I'm in an interview and the ER nurse is asking me, it's like, so what is it like here at 2 a.m.? Great. I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you exactly what happens at 2 a.m. because I've been there side by side with our staff. Um, after a year, it was it, we'd come around and most of the directors were like, man, I wrote you off at the beginning, but it was just like, I'm so glad you're here. And I, that's something I took with me through the rest of my career, um, which I think is really differentiated and helped me. Oh, I love it. Now, when it comes to the consumer side, right? So hospitals, you know, there's patients. Um, and there's a lot of different reasons why in anything, I mean, they call it the five P's of marketing, which are, you know, product, price, placement, promotion, and then people, right? Um, and that's a lot of times what a person will make their decision on, on choosing one option or another. Uh, when it comes to a hospital, you know, is it, how, how does that kind of weigh? Like, is it product that they're like, we want to go to the best hospital? Is it price? They're, they're concerned about money. Um, what have you kind of found in working with people and, and what works? Yeah, uh, this one's probably a little bit more controversial than you think. Um, and I'll tell you, most hospitals like to promote um, their mission and I would say the quality product. But in actuality, most people choose a hospital for three reasons. Location. Okay, place. Yeah. Uh, insurance drives me there or my physician told me so. Uh. Everything else is is small and a minority, yet what do you see all the advertisements towards? Advertisements, highest quality, yeah. best awards, best service, et cetera. Um, and so that's something that I've tried to push a little bit and, and focus on, again, understanding our customer. Why is it that they choose what we do and how do I double down on that? Um, and it's hilarious to me you're asking our healthcare industry for uh, uh, further advice on that because let's just be upfront. 
my industry is one of the worst and probably 10 years behind every other industry. <laughs> but there's things we can learn from it too sure, and sure. hopefully make a change. And so one of the examples I like to use is uh, we hire a new primary care doc who's new to our community. And I want uh, I want patients to sign up with them because a hospital subsidizes the cost of a primary care doc in the community. And the quicker I can get him up seeing the, the number of patients they needs to, the quicker he will stand on his own two feet. He or she will stand on their own two feet. Um, so traditionally, what we've done in the past is we will put an advertisement in the newspaper in the Simi Valley. It's called the Acorn. And <laughs> we'll put an advertisement out and say, uh, we'd like to welcome Dr. X. Uh, sign up. Uh, call this number to make an appointment. And, you know, we'll get a few from that. No problem. And there's still a lot of people that read the paper, especially mm -hmm. in my community. Uh, what I wanted to do is say, why don't we take a step back and say, how many different types of people are looking for a primary care uh, physician? And using, uh, using some of the techniques that other industries do, especially now that we have social media and, and Facebook, which you know way more yeah. than I ever will. Um, it's like, why do we have one message try to reach the entire audience? And to me, it's just like, is the cost of creating an advertisement and placing it on the creation side? No, I can put three different stock photos and I can change the words for a fraction of the cost of what it takes to actually uh, place it uh, online. Yeah. So why don't we have something that reaches multiple different uh, groups? So why don't I target the busy mom who's so busy taking care of everyone in her family, she doesn't make time for herself. Um, and appeal to that side of things where it's like time is important to her. So guaranteed to be seen within five minutes of your appointment time. We'll get you in and out. Um, that's going to reach another segment of the population that I think we're missing with our traditional advertising. Yeah, yeah. So. you know, so much of advertising today comes from, I think there's <clears throat> a lot of bad habits today that come from a pre-internet era of advertising when people only had the newspaper every yep. day or like three channels on a TV. And yep. so you could make one message and be like, I'm just going to hammer this out. And that was okay. And I think in today's day and age, there's way too many, too many options. Meaning people are getting bombarded with thousands of yep. different companies and options and things all at once. And it, part of it is most people won't make the decision instantly. Yeah. It takes chipping away the same way that it would be with like, dating yep like when there's a girl that you like it you know was there one thing that you said where she's like oh that's it i'm now in and uh, i'm on the team let's go or was it a series of different things that led up to that yeah where she was like all right i, I like you like let's hang out i don't know we i call I, that I, stalking and i'm yeah. just kidding <laughs> <laughs> yeah and once the restraining order was lifted i went back to a normal congrats yeah. <laughs> oh man so i mean i don't know do you what what else um is kind of going on or would be some of your advice for people, you know, when it comes to, you know, really talking with the customers yeah. and being able to connect with them. Pretty, you have to define who your customer is. I think that's the first thing. If I, if I'm a marketing executive and it doesn't matter what industry you're in, I want to define who my customer is. The second thing is you want to gain insight on that customer as much data as you possibly can. Um, and then translate that data into action. Um, those three simple things uh, will help 
exponentially, I think, increase any business, and it doesn't matter the industry. Um, I was just thinking back, it was something you were saying. Uh, so my focus is in our primary service area, which is relatively close to the hospital because, again, a lot of people choose a hospital because it's where do you go in the emergency? Closest place. Yeah. Um, and so that's really been our focus. But with some of the stuff that we've been dabbling in, which is advertising the differentiators uh, uh, and, and reasons that people would come and choose us, we're actually finding that we're getting people commute to our small community hospital. And uh, I used the orthopedic example, but literally I had a patient in the last two months who drove two hours because they researched online, saw a physician that does a particular uh, procedure and happened to come to my hospital for it. And so the power of social media and what that's done mm-hmm. has allowed us to reach a, uh, a bigger uh portion other than your primary service area. And there's hospitals that have actually, that's what the, that's what they've made as their niche market. And so you have small hospitals, um, in, uh, in rural California who are actually destination, even though their population is 60,000, they're doing about eight times the amount of orthopedic surgery that I'm doing because they carved that out and they went out to the country to try to say, we are the best Here's why you need to come here and try to understand their customer and convince them to come. Oh, uh, it's so true, and I think that's something that is also essential. Is that you, any business, I think, should cover the core basics, which means there are diff- there are people that are going to use your business because it's less expensive than another business or more expensive yeah. than another business. It's the best option, and that's what they want. There's people that because you have a better product that will research. Yeah every detail uh, you know the number of times i've heard stories of someone that's like i've got a product it's like we read every detail all the way down and there was one little component that was a little bit better than another one and that's why i made my decision to purchase yeah. um or you know kim kardashian recommended this product so that's it i'm in i'm on board and i just think it comes back to you want to make sure that there are those those highlights or those elements that you have, you need to have those dated somewhere where yep. people can find them um, on their terms when they want to. Um, a super common example I see a lot of times are with e-commerce companies. One of the first things that people will search for if they're looking to buy something is company name coupon or company name discount code or promo code. And a lot of times guilty. there's these other yeah, – <laughs> guilty. I'm doing it right now as we're talking. <laughs> but uh, a lot of companies don't do that, and all these other coupon sites will post them, and they get all that traffic. And I was like, any company should be able to have that listed where if you're selling yep. something on e-commerce, you should have your own coupon site where you – or coupon page on your website where you're like, hey, these are our coupons, and they're all here, and you can get them. Because there are people that yeah. will search for that and find it. That so this happened yesterday, and you just triggered something. It's funny. So one of my employees came to me and said, like, "Hey, our urgent care isn't listed online." I was like, "That's weird." I was just like, "I've spent a lot of money doing the the Google promotion. Mm -hmm. We have Facebook, all of that kind of stuff." Uh, And so I just Googled it, and I was like, "Oh, it's the first one." I was like, "That's weird." And so they're like, "Oh, well, I just typed in urgent care near me." And I looked at it, and near me was the number one tag on Google for urgent care. And sure enough, we weren't even on the first page, I don't think, um, or we were way down at the bottom. And I was like, instead of like, oh, you're Googling it wrong, I was just like, oh, man, maybe we need to add that word yep. since it's the number one. So yep. that's great advice. It's a great example is, you know, a lot of times that would be the business side being yep. like, you know, urgent care, Simi Valley. Like, there we go. That's <laughs> our exact term. Yep. But when someone is hurt or they've cut a finger or they're having an issue, what they're Googling or asking yep. Siri is, hey, find an urgent care near me. Um, and that's such a great point is that's exactly right. And, and 
you could miss a lot of that. And the fact that you connected those dots is what takes you above and beyond all the other hospitals where their teams are like, our job is done. We did the main word, we have our city keyword, and there we are, we're finished. So yeah. I, think, I think that really does emphasize a great point of going back and listening to what people are actually yep. saying out loud. Here's somebody who actually used it and yeah. was looking for it um, in their own context. Yeah. And we could have missed that if we hadn't been paying attention. Yeah. I, I, I love the fact that you just, you hear something like that. And this is something else I see a lot of times is people get afraid of thing of things not being connected because they're afraid that it means like I didn't do my job or someone may get mad at me. And the truth is there are some bosses maybe like, why wasn't this done? But the truth is like, there's no way you can do everything in marketing. You're just, you're lining them up and being like, how do I fix that? How do I fix that? And the more you do, that's generally how you build uh, a quality, yeah. like robust thing. When it's how you get 18% growth rates yeah. uh, is when you're connecting all the dots that everyone else is either too lazy or doesn't care about um, and go from there. So yeah. ah, I love it. Um, hey, uh, what's that Michael Scott quote? He's just like, do you want your employees to love you or to be afraid of you? And he's like, I want them to be afraid of how much they love me. <laughs> and uh, it's funny because I will say probably most of my staff or most people at the hospital feel they can approach, we talk normal, et cetera. But there's that 5% of the time where I can be super serious. I'm like, man, don't mess with Corey right now. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's do this. Um, is there, as, as we kind of come to a close, is there any final words of wisdom that you would have for other business owners out there um, in regards to, you know, their customers or what they should be doing or any final, final words of advice? Honestly, you have to continue evaluating. Um, uh, things change. My industry is changing. And so it's like, what is important to people five, 10 years ago may not be the same today. Um, so it goes back to those three simple things, which is define your customer, know yep. who your customer really is. So for my industry, it's not just the patient that comes in, but it's the people that uh, work side by side with us to deliver that uh, the care. Um, the other thing is uh, data, understanding the data and why they're choosing us. And so, uh, again, in my industry, we have surveys that talk about uh, uh, would you recommend this as a place? Was communication with nurses, communication with physicians, were you treated with respect? Do you understand your medications? All of these different kinds of questions. What gives me real data to act on? Um, and then the third thing is do something with it. Don't just say, oh, okay, check it off and that's a nice graph and move on. It's just like, how can I translate that into a revenue stream or a service or a product uh, so that I can uh, expand my footprint. Oh, I love it. I love it. Such wonderful advice. Well, thank you so much yep. for being here, man. It's good to see you again. Yeah, it's been you, way man. too long. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us uh, and we'll check you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Duke of Digital podcast with Brian Meert. Want to network with other business owners? Join our exclusive group, at facebook.com slash groups slash Duke of Digital. Fancy the Duke? Leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app and you could be mentioned on the show. The Duke of Digital was produced by Advertise Mint and recorded in Hollywood, California. All rights reserved.